Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the stories of the average Joe. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to Episode 5. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I want to take just a minute to start this show off by thanking our sponsors. Um, that'd be you guys. <laughs> right now, you guys are the sponsors of the show because you are giving me your support. You're sharing this, starting to take off, and I just want to say thank you. And to the one dude that listened to this in Finland, hey, my hat's off to you because I, I, I did not expect that anybody in Finland would be listening to Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast, but I, I looked yesterday, and, and man, thanks. Thanks for listening way over there. I hope you share it. hope you enjoy it. Man, uh, it's been a cold week here in Ohio. Had a lot of snow on the ground, and uh, it's kind of a weird part of the year for me. I'm, I'm pretty much done hunting. I was able to get three does this year, um, and I've told you one of those stories. I'll tell some of the other ones as time goes on, um, but was able to get three does. I missed a great opportunity at a buck, but that is life, and that is something that you learn from, and so... Uh, uh, hopefully next time I, I won't won't have my hand on the camera instead of drawing back the bow like I should have been doing. Anyway, uh want to say thanks again for checking this out. If you're uh, five episodes in, then I appreciate you being an active listener. And uh, once again, I, I know people always ask this, but it really does help if you share the show, if you like it, if you like these stories, then... Um, if you'd be willing to share, great. I'm not going to ask every single time. It's just the beginning of this, and so if you'd start by helping me out a little bit, that'd be great. Also, um, feel free to write in. if you, uh, Even if you don't want to be on the podcast, uh, send me uh, an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Tell me what you like about the show. Uh, maybe offer some suggestions, things like that. Uh, I just want it to be your podcast um, as well as mine <laughs> and uh, one that we can enjoy together. So. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of perseverance. Um, what, how hard-headed are you? Um, by that, I mean how long do you try and fail at something until you give up? You know, there's, there's been a few things in my life that I would, I would love to say that I've never given up. Um, but I, I gave up Italian in college. I, I took a semester of that, and I, I gave up on it. I also gave up Greek, so there's, there's something about languages that I, I just don't like. Um, I gave up on playing lacrosse at one point, um, and uh, the, the, there was a club team that was started at my, my college, and I, I joined the club team, and it just took forever, and there was no games getting scheduled, and so I quit, and then they ended up scheduling a game the next week. So... <laughs> Sometimes it is very tempting for us to uh, get involved in something and then and then we give up. Today's guest uh, is a guy that did not give up. Uh, how long would it take for you, uh, if you picked up a bow and decided you were going to bow hunt, to not get a deer before you gave up? Uh, that's the story today. We have a guest named Joel, and Joel had been hunting and killed some deer, but he decided that he wanted to pick up a bow and go after these deer, and it took him six years to get it done. This is his story, and so uh, it's a long story, but it's a good story about how he gets there, so check it out. All right, guys, I have uh, Joel Newman here. He is from Green Bay, Wisconsin. He is an IT business analyst. Uh, read his story first on bowhunting.com and uh, talked about six years in the making. So, uh, Joel, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what's what's things like there in Green Bay? 
Uh, well, it's actually unseasonably warm right now um, in the 40s right now. But, you know, normally it's in the 30s. So it's actually still nice. Our season's still going on for bow hunting. So I can still get out and it's not too cold where you need to bundle up and basically be in in your snow pants and snow gears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear it's uh, pretty cold up there most of the time. So uh, Yeah, you know, in January we'll get, we'll get to... You know, we've had negative 20. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's very cold. So you don't even what... want to go outside. Yeah, that'd be hard. But, I mean, you guys, so for you guys, 40s, I mean, that's kind of cold for us here in Ohio, but not too bad. So, well, that's good, man. So, tell us a little bit about um, uh, you and hunting. How long have you been into hunting? Um, uh, is it something you grew up with or recently it, started? It doing? is. Yeah, I, I grew up hunting. Um, my dad and my uncle really are the ones that got me started. Uh, my dad hunted when he was younger, and as he got older, he kind of got out of it. Um, but he always used to come to deer camp with us for, for firearm season, and he would always buy the license, but his idea of hunting was to sit by the camp and <laughs> wait for the deer to come to him. Yeah. Which never really worked, and then he would always just go take me down to the cedar swamp and, and leave me down there by myself with my shotgun at, you know, 12 years old. and. and but, um, and then throughout the years, I just been continually going up to that same deer camp. Now, now my uncle and myself and a, and a friend of ours, and we go up there every year for, for gun season, but I really started to get into bow hunting, uh, eight, six years ago. Um, just looking for a way to extend my season. You know, I didn't want to just be yeah. limited to one week. Well, and then I got into muzzle loader too. So about two and a half weeks. Um, a year. I wanted months. Yeah. I didn't get enough of being outside. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I, I'm similar to that. You know, I, I pretty much grew up just gun hunting. That's all I knew. And it was a week and a week would come and it would go. And, you know, yeah, I'd take off school or, uh, you know, come home from college or whatever, but it was over way too quick. So that's, that's part of what got me into bow hunting too. That, that excitement of it being a long season. So how, yeah. how long is the season there in Wisconsin? Uh, we start mid-September, and okay. now they just extended it for some zones. It depends if it's a farmland zone uh, where they have basically overpopulation of deer, then it extends to January 31st. Otherwise, wow. it's okay. probably the first weekend in January for other areas like northern woodlands. And All right. So, yeah. so six years ago, you pick up uh, – uh, what kind of boat did you get? I got, uh, it was the 2011 Bear Mauler. All right. Yeah. And I, yeah, I saved up, you know, money. I, for Christmas, I just asked folks, I said, just get me, uh, you know, gift cards or cash. Cause I had my, I had my mind set on it. I'm buying a boat. And actually yeah. New Year's Day in 2012, I went out and bought that boat. Of course, it was the the prior year's model uh, at the time, but still relatively new, and it you know was a kind of a you know entry level entry model. You know, it's not like I went out and spent a thousand dollars on a right. Hoyt, yeah, or you know nine hundred dollars on the brand new Matthews. Um, yeah, so I went out and bought that bow, and and just fortunate enough, uh, the the place where we gun hunt is private land. Uh, so I always had access to that to go bow hunting. Um, we, uh, my family also owns 
like 15 acres cabin and never hunted it. Never even thought about it. Uh, We we turkey hunted it, but I never thought about deer hunting it. Yeah. So I said, yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. So I planned it all out. And actually, my son was born in 2011, September of 2011. So he was not even one. Um, you know, that 2012 season comes around and I told my wife, I said, all right, I'm just going to go out for the day. Just want to see what it's like. You know, I, I put a tree stand up that summer. So I already, you know, I had it and I scouted it out. I had trail cameras out. I, I was, was ready to go. Um, went out for that first day and I think it was actually opening weekend and Climbed into that tree stand, buck strapped myself in. I was hooked. Yeah. That was it. I'm done. Now, <laughs> now for the past eight years of my life, that's all I can think about, bow hunting. Yeah. So so what uh, what hooked you about it? What was it about being up in that tree that, that made you want to come back for more? Oh, it was just being outside, seeing, you know, creation and and for what it is. Uh, you know, you and then if you, the longer you sit there, the quieter it gets. And then all of a sudden you start to notice things. You start to notice this bird over here is knocking on a tree, digging for bugs. Those squirrels down there are chasing each other, fighting over, you know, tree nuts or something. It's just, (laughs) just noticing all of that and being able to be outside. And there was just a calming sensation to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, there's something special about being up in the tree. It's different. It's different than gun hunting. You know, I think there's something about being up in there with a bow. I don't know why that makes it a different experience, but being up in the tree waiting, uh, that's a pretty cool experience. It's because it's primal, I think. Yeah. You know, it's, it takes it back to, you know, hunter gatherer societies when, when, you know, we would, we would go out, the men, you know, men would go out hunting with their bows and, and, not come back until they had food. Yeah. No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's good. So so walk us through this season. So you have your first season bow hunting. Were you able to, to get anything then? So I, that first season, um, I, I went back to our cabin as much as possible, just kept going back. And actually, it was the first weekend in, in November. And, uh, I, you know, and I was seeing deer, but they were all, you know, too far away and, and, of course, I was practicing and, and just familiarizing myself with shooting and, and trying to work on my breathing and everything, calming myself down. But it was a foggy, foggy morning the first weekend in November. And I'm like, all right, this is it. This is the weekend. I'm going to see a deer and it's going to be in range. And I'm going to shoot it with my bow. I was really excited. So I actually had a decoy and I took it, a doe decoy. I took it, set it up. And I just, and I'm sprinkling, you know, uh, whatever doe asterisk all over. I'm not going to name any names because, you know, I don't want to advertise for anybody for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm sprinkling doe asterisk all over the place and I'm thinking, all right, this is great. This is, you know, climb up, still dark, sun starts coming up and it's, it's just getting really foggy where you can see about, maybe 10 yards in front of you. And I hit a doe bleat on my mouth call, and I'm like, and I hear what sounds like a horse <laughs> running at me. 
And I'm, you know, I'm in a tree, so I'm not really worried, but it's running in my direction. I'm like, okay, this is it. Once it, once it gets close enough where I can see it through this fog, I'm just going to practice everything I've been doing, you know, settle my pin on, breathe, you know, release slowly should scare you when you, when you release and follow through on your shot. Well, about 10 minutes goes by and it, I'd never see this deer, never see this deer, never see this deer. And Eventually, I'm just like, well, the deer is gone. So I hit another doe bleat, you know, 10 minutes, not really a long time. But and all of a sudden, it, that, that second doe bleat was just enough. It's, it came right out of the fog. It walked behind a tree, which the tree was about 15 yards from me. So as, it's, as, the head was, as his head was behind the tree, I drew back. Standing there, full draw. It comes out. Takes just enough, you know, gets its its front shoulders or from on the uh, from on the other side of the tree, and I'm like, all right, here we go, this is it. Pull off the release, hit the deer. I'm like, all right, perfect. First season, probably my fifth time out bow hunting, and here I am. I just shot a buck. All right. I'm thinking to myself, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm replaying, I'm like, you know, I, I never had that much success gun hunting and you can shoot out past 200 yards. Well, here I am at bow hunting and I'm at 15 and I'm our first season. So, uh, how, about how big was this buck? Um, well, you know, my mind tells me it was, uh, probably, it was 150s, but I'm going to go ahead and probably, it wasn't. It was probably more like 100. <laughs> but when I tell the story, look, they, friend, especially when you first start out, man, they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, you get surprised by it. when they're that close. You know, you oh, see yeah. them through a scope and you're gun hunting and it's like, yeah. okay. But now they're, you know, 15 yards from you and you're looking at it and you're like, holy crud, that thing is huge. But it was probably 100, 120 maybe max. Yeah. So I hit this deer and. I'm replaying the shot back over my head as I'm standing in the tree stand and I'm like, okay. I didn't see a lot of penetration. And it was a slightly quartering two shot. So I'm thinking maybe if I maybe I clipped the shoulder blade and didn't didn't get enough penetration. Maybe I clipped the shoulder blade and it bounced off and I did get enough penetration but as it ran off it the arrow was still stuck in the deer and, it, and the arrow actually hit a tree mm -hmm. and it didn't come out of the deer hmm. so I'm like man he was running full tilt past that tree with an arrow in his side and he hit the tree with the arrow and it didn't fall out so I figured I buried this pretty good in the shoulder blade you know in the bone so it Far enough that it's not coming out. Okay. So I wait maybe 20 minutes the whole time. I'm just, you know, checking my watch. Like, okay, come on, let's go. I want to get down and see if I can find this deer. I get down, start looking for blood. I see blood. It's okay. Not, no bubbles, but it was still coming out pretty good. Okay. So I'm like, I'll walk maybe... 20 yards see where that blood you know goes off because i there was a transition between pine rows and then oak at our at our cabin and i thought well 
I'll walk at least to that transition and see where he entered the oak area. So I follow the blood trail. And it's still pretty decent, a couple drops here and there. And and I then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just give it a, a little bit. So I wait maybe another hour. Um, went back and I called my actually I my I knew my it was a weekend and I knew my dad was gone. So I called my mom and I'm like, Mom, you wanna come out and help me? trail this deer she's like yeah sure i'll be right over you know yeah who asked their mom for help trailing a deer hey why not that's awesome but yeah she comes out and and we're going through it i'm on my hands and knees crawling through essentially our entire property and get to the neighbor's property like oh crud i gotta go ask him if i can you know track this deer onto his across his property line so i walk up ask him he says yeah you know Cool. Let me know if you find it. I'd I'd like to see it. All right. Well, it had crossed his driveway, and and the blood at that point was just drops. Mm. I'm like, I didn't get through that shoulder blade. It that arrow was stuck in his shoulder blade. And my mom and I grid searched for the rest of the day. Uh, and this was mo- this was morning, first light, and I when we were out there till dark, grid searching, and. We never found that deer, and uh, uh, then actually two weeks later, the neighbor called, and he's like, yeah, I see a deer with a limp in it. Okay, so he made it. Yep, that was the one. (laughs) So this is your your first year going after it and uh, with a bow, and you hit one in the shoulder. So how's that affect the rest of your season then? I was pretty bummed. I thought to myself, well, maybe this isn't for me. Mm. And then I thought, but I just liked being outside. It wasn't necessarily about shooting the deer, getting the yeah. deer. Yes, I like the meat. I love venison. Make barbecue out of venison. Make steaks, you know. And I like venison. My wife eats sausage. <laughs> she, she won't eat. If I make steak, she won't eat it. But if yeah. I make, you know, get sausage made, she'll eat it. So, and really just kind of want to be outside. So I actually, I hunted, bow hunted a few more times that season and never saw anything. And I, and I was, I was kind of discouraged. And I thought, maybe I just spent a couple hundred bucks on this bow, but maybe I could just give this up, sell the bow on Craigslist or something. Yeah. But I didn't, I practiced even more, even harder. Okay. In the off season that after that first season, just kept practicing, practicing, practicing. and. I mean, I had that bow dialed in, and I mean, old tech, and I had that bow dialed in. I was, I was good out to 50, 60 yards. And I, I was feeling really confident, feeling really good about myself. I, you know, I kept my trail cameras. I was running trail cameras the whole year round on my, at the cabin, at our cabin, and getting out there as much as I can, checking those cameras. Um, you know, I started getting my son involved checking cameras too. He really liked that. Okay. And yeah, he, he loved going out there. Yeah, let's get the cards, dad. Let's get, well, all of a sudden we just put them, we just put new cards in yesterday. We don't need to drive back over there. And <laughs> cards yet. Yeah. But yeah, and we, uh, next season, I never saw a deer. Really? Second season, never saw a deer. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. how many, I mean, about how many times did you go out? Easily between, 
you know, what I hunted at, at, at the cabin. And then, um, I hunted a little bit by my father-in-law too. It was probably every season I put in easily a couple of weeks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, get up early in the morning, head yeah. out, come back, maybe go back out in the afternoon for dark. Okay. Never know. So, so year one, we hit a, we hit a buck in the shoulder. Year two, see nothing. So bring us, bring us through the next few years, uh, and kind of as, as, as they go here. So year three, year four, year five, what's, year three, what's going four on? Four and five were pretty darn close to the same thing. I actually, um, started getting better, uh, more, more focused on scent control, playing the wind. Okay. Um, you know, getting better with woodsmanship as opposed yeah. to just the being familiar with the bow and so seeing deer um and there was actually one year uh now my friend and i we always make a weekend out of it where we'll you know leave 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 the kids at home with our wives and we'll go and stay at the cabin for a couple nights and and tell stories and just hang out have a good oh, yeah. time and then we'll we'll go hunting for you know as much as we can um and there and one year i this is probably year this had to have been year four nope it was year five i was sitting in the same tree stand i, I shot that buck out of and uh, you know it was it's actually on the edge of a logging road um and i hear something it sounds like breathing behind me yes all right here we go it's on again i'm ready for this moment now it's been Four years since I shot a deer last year, yeah. or shot at a deer even. Right. And I hear this breathing behind me. I kind of, you know, do one of these where I slowly turn around and look. I'm like, all right, two does and a fawn. I know the fawn belongs to only one of those does. <laughs> I'm taking the other doe. There you go. Yeah, all right. Here we go. So she gets out. She stands directly in front of me at. I have 15 yards again, 15 yards, bane of my existence, I guess. And I shot directly under her. Oh man. Never even hit her. Never even touched her. Went and picked up the arrow. I'm like, there's not hair on it. There's not hair at the site. She's booked it out of there. I mean, making as much noise as she can, you know, blowing and as she's running. Probably scared every deer in the county. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I think it might be cocktail time. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, what is keeping you going through all this? I mean, this I don't know that most guys could, could keep going like that. Yeah, you know it I was get I was shooting deer in gun season. Okay. So I had meat and it wasn't necessarily I needed to prove to anybody that I could do it, mm -hmm. but I needed to prove to myself that I wouldn't give up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every time before I went out in the woods, uh, I would, uh, for those five years, I'd say a prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I'd thank God for his creation, for everything he's, he's blessed us with. I would thank him for an understanding family. Well, yeah. Mostly understanding family. <laughs> as much as you can, okay. My wife was kind of getting frustrated that I would hunt so much, you know, bow hunt so much and never come home with a deer. Uh, but 
yeah, mostly understanding family that allowed me to, to pursue something I enjoyed and and ask that if it was his will that, you know, he bring a deer into me today. Mm. And, you know, obviously I did everything I could, at least in my mind, in my power. You know, I'm washing all my clothes in scent free detergent. I'm spraying down. I'm playing the wind. I got it. By this time, now in year five, I had five cameras, six cameras up on 15 acres. So I got every corner of that place is covered. Um, you know, I, I actually applied. We have an urban hunt program in the city of Green Bay mm-hmm. um, where you can basically submit your name, pass an archery test, a proficiency test, if you can shoot four out of five arrows with within six inches of each other at 20 yards. That's the proficiency test. Oh, wow. Okay. It's pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah, I'd hope. But, uh, yeah, yeah, right. But, yeah, so I applied to be in that. i I basically done everything I can, or at least everything I think I can to to make myself successful. Um, You know, I'm reading the sign where the the deer are traveling. You know, I'm finding trails in the woods, looking at deer scat, looking at rub lines, looking at scrapes. I'm looking at everything I can find. And so I thought maybe if I just, you know, ask for some help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I did, you know, and, and I still do it to this day, even though I've now got a deer, one deer in my under my belt. But um, yeah, so fast forward now to this season, 2018, 2019. I, I'm, I'm in the, the urban hunt program in the city of Green Bay which you're allowed unlimited dose and it's earn a buck. So you can't shoot a buck your first year. You have to shoot at least one doe. I'm still hunting it at the cabin. Uh, My buddy actually, now we've expanded. We do one weekend at the cabin and then we do another day. He has some acreage about an hour South of me. Um, And then we do another day there. And we do the cabin usually in in early season, and then we'll do by him right around the rut now. So it's right around rut time this year, which was kind of an odd, at least for us. It felt like it maybe was coming a little bit later, or a little bit slower than normal. Yeah. I don't know how it was for you in Ohio, but this year it was kind of like, normally it was Halloween. You can start really yeah. bringing some bucks in, you know, with some calling or something, but it felt like it was coming a little bit slower. It wasn't just advancing through the stages as fast. Um, but it was, I think, actually, let me look at the calendar here. I think it was November 3rd of this year. Um, mind you, he shot a doe at the cabin mm-hmm. earlier this year. Um, so I only thought it was fair. But... <laughs> I were at his place and he's like, all right, well, I shot a deer. He's like, told me, he said, I shot a deer last night. Um, but we're going to hunt in the morning. Him and his father in law. We're going to hunt in the morning and then get down probably around 930 and then we're going to go track it or see if we can track it again and get on the blood trail. And you, and he said, you stay in the stand because if we kick anything up, it's going to run right toward you. Okay. So morning goes by, November 3rd, 2018, and I, you know, I 
had three does walk past, and then I hear something running after him. Well, it's a buck. Like, oh, great. Nice. That'll be a good buck. Nope, it was a spike. Hmm. It's not my property. Or my my buddy and his father-in-law say should be outside the ears. Okay. If it's a buck. So are you holding out for a buck, though, at this point? Do you let those does go? I did let those does go. I was holding, this was in the morning. I'm like, we got all day. So he, uh, so those, those buck or that buck ran past chasing those does. I'm like, okay. Well, 930 comes around. Well, we're going to, he texts me and he says, we're going to get down. We're going to go see if we can get on the blood trail for my deer from last night. Great. So they start doing their thing and I can't hear them at all. I mean, they're all far enough away. I, I have no idea. And all, and they had a clearing about forty yards in front of where this stand was. And there's brush on one side, there's brush on the other, and there's this just this trail that goes right from one side of the brush to the other. And I see a doe run across, not three steps behind it. The buck comes across. Now this time I'm six years into to bow hunting. I've seen deer up close, you know. And I'm thinking, and I, and that one was for sure a 120s, 130s. So you know the number now a little bit better. <laughs> I know the numbers a little bit better. Yeah. It was outside the ears. <laughs> right. So I knew I could have shot him, but I, I'm throwing everything at him. You know, I, I dove bleat at him. I, no, it doesn't come back. I you just hear him keep running. He, I mean, he had one thing on his mind and that was that doe. Right. That was running away from him. I, I grunted at him. I snort wheezed at him. Uh, he gets far enough away and I start cracking antlers together. I'm thinking, man, I'm getting that son of a gun to turn back. He never turns back. I'm like, okay. So I have hunted probably till about noon. I got to get out of this tree stand. The scenery is starting to all blend together, you know? Yeah. Because I've just been looking around so much because I'm thinking, all right, these bucks are coming back, you know? And... So I get down to meet my buddy, and we're like, oh, let's grab a sandwich. So we grab a sandwich, and he's like, well, let's go check out and see. Let's go see if we can find some blood for my deer, because they still haven't found his deer. So we go back out, and I'm like, all right, I only want to be gone an hour. I want to be back in the tree by 1 o'clock, 1.30 at the very latest. Well, my buddy's never been very good with time. <laughs> in fact, he has his own, he has his own clock that he makes up. <laughs> at least I think so. Yeah. You know, you tell him to be there at 5 o'clock, and he shows up at 5.45. Okay. Just because he's on his own he's on his own time, you know? Doing his own thing, huh? Yeah, he just does his own thing. So he, uh, so we go looking for the, for the blood trail for his deer, and again, we're back on it, you know, we're on our hands and knees looking for blood, and we didn't get very far, and I'm, all right, well, I want to get back in the stand. I want to get, be ready for tonight. I want everything calmed down. I want it basically to be perfect. So I get back in the same stand I was in that morning, thinking to myself, all right, here it is. This is what's going to happen. I text him. I said, just hypothetically, if I got a a spike and a doe standing in front of me, I didn't at this time. Then if I have a spike and a doe standing in front of me, which, which should I shoot? He said, the doe. Okay. So, Fast forward a couple hours and now it's almost dark. And all of a sudden, I, it just, it was, I don't know what, it was like someone turned on a faucet that was filled with deer. 
<laughs> they were just just feeding just feeding all right into this area where where this stand is and i'm like what the heck is happening so i got three does and two fawns that are just walking through and then this that same spike buck from the early in the morning comes by and he starts chasing all these does around and running them off and actually there were enough does that they got upset with him and chased him off <laughs> no you're not getting what you're looking for right now we're eating and i'm like all right well i'm gonna shoot one of these does well i didn't know which fawns belonged to which does and in hindsight it's november they probably were weaned off anyway hopefully yeah, right but you know i just kind of wanted to you know be the be the bigger man and not separate a child from its mom <laughs> yeah i understand so i waited and waited and waited and now it's like i mean it is absolute last light my pins are dark yeah i mean i had to turn the light on you know you got the light on your site to illuminates the pins the fiber optic pins i had the light on i'm like here it is this is my last opportunity and a lone doe walks out Feeding in the same direction that all these other deer, and, and they're feeding eight yards from the bottom of the tree stand. Not 15, where I could miss. <laughs> okay. I'm feeding eight yards from the bottom of the tree stand. I'm thinking to myself, well, as soon as she's broadside, directly broadside from me, she's, I'm going to take her. I'm like, man, maybe I should wait and see if there's a buck following her. Well, it was a long enough walk to where she was completely broadside. There was no buck following her. So she's just walking head down. I'm like, perfect, heads down. Then I remembered there's how many other deer standing out in front of me trying to draw back, squeeze off a shot. I did it. I drew back, her head's down. She never paid attention to me. Um, and she's perfectly broadside. I I didn't even stop her. Yeah. I it, it wasn't a walking shot. She was kind of like at that point where she's like, maybe I should take another step. She just put her closest shoulder in front, her foot up, so she, you know, perfect exposure to the lungs and heart area, and I just, I dropped the hammer, and I, like, sweet, so finally. Six years in the making, this is six this shot. Six years in the making, and I'm like, okay, now I gotta be quiet. And the whole time, my, you know, you get that where your blood is just pumping so fast that you can oh, yeah. hear it. <laughs> yep. But, you know, it's my first archery deer, and I can hear my blood pumping in my head, and I'm like, I have to listen to hear which deer, way his deer runs, because it is dark. At this point, are you pretty confident that you've hit her well, or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, I knew. You know she's, she's done. She's eight yards away, completely broadside, and I've been practicing for six years. Yeah. <laughs> so you were ready. Yeah. Um. So, and, and not even, I mean, it wasn't even 15 seconds go by, and I hear a crash. I'm like, and, you know, and it was a crash crash. It wasn't like a fall down or a roll over and kick around a little bit. It was done. Yeah. Like, yeah. There it is. That's what I need to hear. So she's crashed. So I'm like, I'll wait five minutes and get down. Pitch black now. Well, not, even, not really pitch black, but. So I get down, look at the spot. I'm like, blood, blood take maybe five steps here's my arrow look at it covered in red bubbles perfect bright red blood like that's 
I mean, double lung right there. I was so excited. And then I got that 40 yards where I told you that clearing was, where the brush is on one side, brush is on the other side, and there was that clearing. I got out to that clearing. I looked to my right, and I'm shining my flashlight around. That's where the blood trail went. And I looked to my right, and I see the, the eyes staring back at me. She dropped right behind that brush pile. Oh, great. So there she is, your first your first deer with a bow. And, yeah. I mean, that's that's got to feel good, right? Six years it really amazing did. to get that. It felt amazing. And my wife called then. So I'm gutting this deer now. And my wife calls while I'm gutting. Where are you? <laughs> it, you can't be hunting yet. It's way too dark to see. Where? What are you doing? You know, she thought we maybe went out and we're getting a beer or two or getting dinner or something. No, I'm gotten a deer. I can't talk right now. My hands are covered in blood. And then, yeah, so, and and, I, and she's like, well, you, you should probably come home. You know, you've been gone all day. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I probably should go home and see my kids at least. Well, now I got two kids at this point. But, you're right. Uh, so, I'm. Got the deer, drag it back, and it wasn't a, it wasn't very far back to, to where we're, you know where my truck was, and my buddy shows up and he helps drag it, and yeah, I, actually I think you're you're the first person I've told that this that was my first deer with a bow. Oh wow, well, that's yeah. awesome, man. So let me let me ask you this to kind of we'll wrap things up here over the next couple of minutes, but what what do you think prevented you? Was it just luck? Was it inexperience? What, you know, what was that made it take six years to get to this point? Maybe the area you're in? Um, well, any one thing you kind of put your finger on? I would probably say inexperience. Okay. Like, I, I had only been exposed to gun hunting. I had no mentor when it came to bow hunting. Mm, okay. No one to tell me, well, maybe if you did this differently or maybe if you did that differently. No, I figured it all out on my own. And every year, I would see more and more deer. So I knew I was doing something right Yeah. as I learned more. So as I gained that more experience and, and familiarized myself with you know, different tactics and things like that. And then applied those tactics. I started to see more and more deer. Hmm. So I, yeah, I would say an experience. Yeah. So looking back on this whole experience, you, you talked a little bit about uh, how you'd say that prayer before you'd go in. Did you happen to say that prayer that, that day that you get this dough? Every, every day, every time yeah. I get in a stand. Yeah. First, so, uh, after, as soon as I buckle myself into my, my, my safety strap, Say a prayer. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Very good. Awesome. You know, man. I, if anything, just so that you get home safe. Yeah, I think that's smart. That's good. So you you get this deer, and so <laughs> six years in the making. You have to be excited about that. So uh, how does the rest of this season go for you? Have you uh, seen? I any- I've been back out and out and out and out and out, and. I, like I said, I'm in this urban hunt program. I have until the 31st to fill unlimited doe tags. Yeah. Well, the area where, where I'm in, because it's all in the city limits, the area, and we're all assigned areas. Mm-hmm. 
the area I'm in, they're building a road. Oh, okay. 150 yards from my tree stand. Ooh, okay, that's a little tricky. So have yeah. you had any any luck there, seen anything? I've seen a couple deer here and okay. there, um, but it's been pretty tough. Well, I I just admire your perseverance. I don't think there's too many people that would, would go six years like that and uh, have the, the frustrations. So congratulations on that, man. That's well, awesome. So. And, and yeah, if I did, if I... If there was one thing I needed to tell somebody, you know, from my experience is actually I'm going to give you two things because I break it down into one. (laughs) Number one is learn as much as you can. Yeah. Learn about the animals you're hunting. Learn about their how to read the sign, how to pattern them, where they're going to be at what time. Um what they're eating, where they're sleeping. Learn as much as you can about the animal and and how to hunt them. Not just the animal, but learn how to play the wind. Right. I mean, you know, we, you and I both read bowhunting.com. Everybody, there's people on there that say they don't even, they'll get done with work, throw their camo on. If there's the right wind, they'll go out in the woods. They've been sweating all day. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll kill deer. And someone like me, who figured that out on their own, is washing their stuff in scent-free laundry soap, is using scent-free dryer sheets, is using $100 worth of spray and soap to try to get to fool the nose. And then finally was like, oh, maybe if I played the wind, click, done, more deer. You know? and. So learn as much as you can. Number two, stick with it. Yeah. Because you're only going to get better. You're going to get better at shooting your bow or your gun. Doesn't matter. You're going to get better at recognizing. Because sometimes you've gone in really, really wooded areas. You're going to get better at recognizing that's a gray squirrel that is not a gray squirrel that's a turkey (laughs) you know you know you can you'll get better at recognizing your woodsmanship all around woodsmanship is going to get better the more you do it Mm. and it's going to be frustrating yeah and you're going to have tough seasons where you don't want to go out there and and some days i mean i've had those days where it's the middle of january and it's negative something degrees out I don't want to go out to the tree stand, but I can't shoot a deer in my, you know, sitting on my couch or in my armchair or laying in bed. That is a fact. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be too easy then. So well, that is, that is solid advice. So learn as much as you can and you better have some patience and perseverance because it's yeah, not you always, got, you got to stick with it. What not... you see on TV is not always the reality. In fact, very often it's not. So. Well, well you know what you see on TV. Some of those are, you know, maybe yep. not the most free ranging. Exactly. Deer. Yeah. Well, I'm not mentioning anybody's name. Oh no, 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 no. Well, well, that's that is your story, and that is a good story, Joel. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that. I'm sure no our problem. listeners enjoyed that, like I did, and uh, uh, just congratulations and what perseverance you have. So I'm going to wish you luck on the rest of the season too. Yeah. Thank you much. And I don't know, are you done in Ohio yet? 
Uh, we got uh, no, we go up until uh, end of January. So I'm I'm still yeah, I got yep. I haven't oh, picked up I mean, a gun this season, so we'll we'll see. So I'm still looking for the buck. So we'll we'll see what happens here. Well, good luck to you too. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, there you go. Six years in the making, uh, that story. And uh, just want to say congrats, Joel, again on hanging in there. You know, for those of you guys out there, I have a feeling that there's some guys that just maybe they stay to the back of the forums. They don't talk a whole lot because they're a little embarrassed. Uh, maybe they, they haven't killed a deer yet, or, or maybe it took them a long time, or maybe it's been a few years since they've killed a deer. You know, you're not alone. Um, hunting isn't always as easy as what we make it seem or as what you see on TV. Uh, it is a challenge, and it takes some time to kind of learn. And so I just want to encourage you, hang in there. Keep uh, keep holding on and keep learning, keep getting better, and uh, you'll you'll get it done sooner or later. Um, I just think about also a verse uh, It comes from James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for whenever he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Um, if you love the Lord, I just want to encourage you with that verse to say, hang in there. Um, the Christian life isn't always uh, just sitting on a pew singing praises. Uh, it's it's supposed to be <laughs> challenging. It's it's supposed to kind of put us in uncomfortable situations. Following Jesus was never meant to be some nice, cute little religious experience. It's it's supposed to put us into some spots where, you know, we're just not sure where we're going and where God is leading us. And so, uh, I want to challenge you to persevere. I want to challenge you to hang in there and press on to that goal. Um, we know that there's something waiting for us that's awesome. And if you're not a Christian, I just, uh, I'm not going to get too preachy. I'm just going to say, check it out. It's worth checking out. Um, to have that hope, to have a reason for the trials that you're going through is, uh, is a big thing. So there you go. Uh, thanks for checking out Shedding Light Stories again. I appreciate your time and uh, we will go ahead and shut things down today and just remember this. Shed the light.